there's no song that says F the firefighters, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> no one there is. It's about actually fucking a firefighter and it's inspirational. <laughs> down to the wire with my preparations for this evening's episode of the habituation room welcome welcome everyone welcome all the folks listening from the future hello what is the pyramid thing that the biden administration is going to tell us about you know the unidentified flying it's it's fine we'll talk about it later um What's up, YouTube and Twitch? If you're here, like the stream, share it, subscribe, follow, all of the things. Click all of the buttons. If you're listening as a podcast, give this podcast five stars. We have such a great show for you today. Oh, my God. Uh, Sophia Alexander is here. Wonderful comic, podcaster, and uh, I hope soon to be friend of the show. Uh, Dr. Melina Abdullah is here, one of the leading activists with Black Lives Matter Los Angeles that has claimed a lot of victories in the last year and has been really at the forefront of this entire movement and idea of defunding the police. What does that mean? Um, why does it scare your grandpa? Why are you going to walk away from this episode with ways to explain it to your grandpa or not fuck him you know he'll be maybe dead soon i'm just kidding i'm an asshole uh <laughs> um, welcome uh are we yes we we're gonna do we're gonna get into god we're, george w bush is trying to make a comeback because mm, it was time things were going a little too well and he was like i think it's now um we're talking about the new nazi ca uh, caucus in congress we're talking about mass shootings and Madonna for some reason. And yes, like I said, looking at police reform and potentially this, this idea, this, this dream of something new, a different thing, abolition, if you will. Um, so, you know, tuck in, guys. It's going to be a good fucking episode. Also, we have a Patreon because this show is still looking for sponsors, you know, so like weird granola companies and like, um, I don't know, baby clothes made out of hemp or whatever the fuck, you know, gets you a sponsorship these days or whoever's buying ads on podcasts like mine. But until then, patreon.com slash habituation room, become a patron. It is such a great way to stay in touch, to support this show. Um, also, I'm doing a monthly AMA for the top tier patrons of 20 bucks or more. So if you haven't gotten your question in, send me your question either through Patreon or through the email address, which is bishiation at gmail.com. That's B-I-S-H-I-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Send me your burning questions. I'm doing that AMA on Wednesday, April 21st at 12 noon Pacific, whatever the hell that is, mountain or Eastern, or whatever the hell else. What time is it in Australia? Don't do the math. Um, so yeah, we've got a patron, and uh, or a Patreon, and we also have wonderful people who have tipped this show at TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. Also, y'all, if you've given 20 bucks or more, send me a question. I love it. Send it on over. But right now, it is time for a moment of appreciation of everyone who has supported this show it's time for the fart song. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you to Joshua B, Leon A, Robin K, Ian C, Tim B, Maudiel C. I'm so sorry that I forgot you from last time. Maudiel, I love you. Cheers. Um, and thank you to big tippers like Karen K, uh, Joseph. I forgot what the first letter of your last name is. Um, and on Twitch, thank you for the subs. Mother and Woman Dragon, Queona Dragon, and Octo Squiddies. We got dragons and squids up here. We got some uh, damage report crossover, and I love it. And now this is where your name could go. Just right here. In between this fart and that fart. So what are you waiting for? Become a patron. All right, and <laughs> with that wonderful intro on this Sunday. Let's talk about what we're bitching about, y'all. Me, very, very quickly. Twitter bios that start with wife, mother, father, brother, cousin, unborn uncle. Stop it. Stop. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that you were born. Like, son is basically, I was born. Hey, Hey, Twitter, I, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. Like, no. Of course you're a fucking son or daughter. You're here. <laughs> you don't need that. Also, like, it is a conservative red flag for me. Because most people who have it, not all, but most people who have this in their bio are always conservatives, right? So Kimberly Guilfoyle, mother, sister, patriot, proud American. Laura Ingram, mother, Author, host. Okay, Megan Kelly, happily married to Doug, crazy in love with my children, Yates, Yardley, and Thatcher. Oh my God. Oh my. Let me let me just say that again. First of all, anyone who says happily married to whomever is like they fuck other people. Number one, they just they do. They sleep in separate bedrooms. They're not happily married. Um, but can can we just, it's bad enough you're like crazy in love with my children, but Yates, Yardley, and Thatcher, those are first names. How dare you, Megan Kelly? No wonder you don't still have a show on NBC. Holy shit, you named your kid after soap and a warmonger. Like, fucking Yates, I guess. Cool. Jesus Christ. Ted Cruz, Twitter bio, father of two. At Heidi Cruz's husband, fighter for liberty. Your kids hate you, Ted. We all know this. Your kids fucking hate you. They've been hating you for a very long time. You blame them for going to Cancun. You, we all saw that. Um, I just love this. Like, I love that, like, all conservatives do, like, the Meredith Brooks in their Twitter bio, you know? Just like, I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I don't care. Your kids don't like you. We don't like you. Just, just, just tweet. Just do what we've all come to do, which is validate our own egos on this shit platform. Okay. With that, I'm going to bring in my comedian guest for the hour. She's a writer and comic who grew up in Odessa, Ukraine, and moved to Los Angeles at the age of 11. You've seen her on Comedy Central's This Is Not Happening, heard her stand up on Sirius, enjoyed her writing on Danger and Eggs, an Emmy winning animated series starring SNL's AD Bryant. Her first album, Father's Day, came out this past summer and was number one on iTunes. Please welcome Sophia Alexandra. 
Oh my God, thank you for having me, Francesca. What a well, pleasure. Um, so good to have you here. Uh, I There's so much to get through. There's so much to get through in this episode. Are you it's gonna- It's been gonna, a week. It's been such a week and I'm so happy that I have you here to dig into it all with me. Um, but first, customarily, we do the what are you bitching about part. So, Sophia, what are you bitching about today? Okay, first off, may I piggyback off of your bitching and <laughs> just say that I also hate those bios. And it is also very sad to me that all of them are just relational to someone else. Like, how right? sad that you're like, oh, I'm related to that guy or that lady. <laughs> Like, get your own thing. This is very sad. I have a family tree. Like, cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, get a personality next. And then that really bugs me. And also the guys who normally have that, like, father, husband, Christian thing in their bio inevitably are the first ones to call me a Jew cunt on fucking Twitter. <laughs> so I don't know uh, how uh, happy your marriage is, Todd. Fucking get it together. <laughs> Things are not good over there. It's also um, where people say where who they're married to. Like married to an Asian American woman, which allows me to say anything I want about black people. <laughs> like, right. Bought my wife from Craigslist. Uh, yeah, no one <laughs> needs to know how sad you are. Get out of here. Um, yeah, my private um, um, bituation situation is yeah. um, that I really hate it when people who are not even a little bit similar die in the same time period. And then you oh. see all these memes that are like, man watch them hang out in heaven together. <laughs> you know, it's like, watch <laughs> Prince Philip toast DMX in heaven. I'm like, that is not happening. Y'all are corny, okay? Just because they're both dead does not mean they're friends. That's like setting up your only two gay friends together because you're like, <laughs> I thought you might like each other. No, <laughs> you only know the two. And it's like, Annoying to me because it's always like uh, John McCain's toasting uh, John Lewis. No, no, one of them would make sure the other one didn't vote. Get the <laughs> fuck out of my life. <laughs> I do love the Prince Philip DMX, like just putting them in the same place together. Like, I just feel like DMX would go in for a pound and like Philip would respond and then go, like, I'm crumbling, you know, and just <laughs> die. <laughs> I'd pay good money to see that. Uh, I think the only tragedy about Prince Philip dying is we didn't witness to see him crumble like in a fucking movie, you know, when like the eagle's been vanquished. That would have been great. Literal bag of bones. Um, but I liked him in the crown. Soft, <laughs> soft spot for old liver spot there. Um, I liked him in the crown is hilarious. <laughs> Like, I love, um, if I saw him, I'd be like, oh, my God, Prince Philip, I loved you in the crown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, imagining a Hitler fan being like, oh, my God, I loved you in Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to get into the week and far more serious things. Um, Sophia, so much happened. A few of the things we won't be digging into 
uh, half of Americans have now gotten at least their first dose of the COVID vaccine. Um, Biden withdraw is withdrawing troops from Afghanistan by 9-11-2021. Very symbolic day. Also a few weeks before the war's 20th birthday, which means Matt Gates might get on board since he wouldn't want to be in bed with it anymore. Um, after pressure, Biden backtracks not on not lifting up the Trump cap on refugees, uh, on how many refugees can enter the country. Uh, the Cuban leader, Raul Castro, steps down, hands over power to a guy not named Castro, which is progress. Whoa. And if... Ivanka gets the jab and her anti-vax IG followers freak the fuck out. But for the rest, this is the week where. This was the week where word came out about the beginnings of a new caucus within the Republican Party called the America First Caucus, led by Representative Marjorie Gunn Mom Green and Representative Paul, my entire family hates me, Gosar. According to a leaked statement acquired by Punchbowl News, the goal of this caucus is to, quote, carry out the tradition of Trump's presidency. What is that tradition? Scamming and groping? No. LARPing as a Third Reich. Uh, the passages of the unpublished press release. rape and failure, maybe? Just that's kind of the Did you vibe. say rape and failure? Is it rape and failure or scam and groping? Sound off in the goes? comments. <laughs> um, okay, so no, it's LARPing as the Third Reich. The passages of the unpublished press release of the America First Caucus are really fucking creepy, and I want to bring them up. Uh, here's one on immigration, uh, which says that America is a nation with a border and a culture strengthened by a common respect for uniquely Anglo-Saxon political traditions. History has shown that society, societal trust and political unity are threatened when foreign citizens are imported en masse into a country, particularly without institutional support for assimilation and an expansive welfare state to bail them out should they fail to contribute positively to the country. Um yeah. Okay. Let's just take that one for parts. Um, a, a respect for uniquely Anglo-Saxon political traditions. What's that tradition? Like wiping out other people's traditions? That feels like the most Anglo-Saxon tradition. What is it? Is it burying uh, or burning women at the stake or being but afraid? Also, America is not Anglo-Saxon. The fuck mm -hmm. are you talking about? No, I like I'm what's not unique even... about it. It's British people moving from one Britain to start another Britain. Yeah, a crazier offshoot of, of Britain. Again. <laughs> a crazier offshoot of Britain on land that already had people on it who were doing fine, who were chilling, crushing it, actually living, living enjoying life, just enjoying life. Um, like, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand what. It would make more sense, Sophia, if they were like, you know, uh, our our long held tradition of like chicken wings and football. I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess I get that. But like, what are you talking about? Just say what you mean, which is pretty much it's pretty obvious that they just mean brown people. Uh, it's also though. some really weak shit to be like. It's got to be called America first. You are in America. <laughs> Who is first? Who uh, else like, would it be? What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Then I just want to note, uh, reading this again, um, 
when foreign citizens are imported en masse into a country, um, political unity is threatened. Yeah, boop, boop. That is the white replacement national, uh, white nationalist replacement theory, Alex. You know, like. Also, it also sounded like they're blaming other people for slavery. They're like, our country really got upended when we started slavery. And I think we are owed an apology. How dare you make us do slavery? Um, but no, that's exactly right. They say this, they say the importation of people with absolutely zero, zero self-reflection around slavery and the legacy of slavery. It's like, no, that that doesn't at all register to them and the fact that they're using this uh i could go on but the fact that they're using this as basically a theory that says they're being deprived of their voting rights when straight up they're trying to deny the descendants of the slave trade black americans their voting rights like what are we you motherfuckers water in line to vote to exercise their rights exactly block people who are legitimately allowed to vote from voting to be then still founding, founding the America first party. Like y'all aren't first all the time, but it's just so telling to think that they are America and black America is not America. No. And, or, and, or like any non-white immigrants who somehow aren't pulling their weight yeah, you know, look, here's the thing, Sophia, as soon as white nationalists get up at like four in the morning to go like pick tomatoes or watermelon or like work in a like a egg farm for hours and hours on end for like four dollars an hour, you know, like that's when I'll be like, OK, I see your point. You guys are willing to do jobs that no one else would do. Um, but I don't see that fucking happening anytime soon. Um so uh, one more passage I want to bring up, which I think is really funny. This is about infrastructure. Um, so this caucus says that they will work towards an infrastructure that reflects the architectural engineering and aesthetic value that befits the progeny of European architecture. Okay. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. Define European Define architecture. <laughs> There's a lot of things I would love these motherfuckers to define because um, whoo, when you, you put together so many words you don't know the definitions of, fucking nonsense and racism happens. Befits the progeny. It's so like, I feel like it's just shorthand for once again, like don't, don't build the Muslim building. You know, like, I don't want to see the round the buildings anymore you know just whatever like that's all they're saying is like stop building mosques um they also think egyptians are white i guess like i don't understand like so much of what you value and the progress and the inventions like most of them are not by the people you think they are by <laughs> oh they were by white aliens okay obviously that's who built the pyramids i think they um, just are picturing like <laughs> blonde blue-eyed motherfuckers just like all over the world just raising arches and building <laughs> and fucking figuring out pyramids like i 
Yeah, y'all didn't consider Italians white for a really long time, but now you want to talk about aqueducts? Sit the fuck down. Um, but this, okay, I just, I like, I, I legitimately don't know what they're saying. Like, I don't know what that means. Does it mean, are they talking about statues? Are they talking about, like, they hate Frank Gehry and all his, like, weird, you know, blob buildings? What the fuck? Um, luckily, I just, just, the, the caucus has slowed its role because of outrage. So uh, Kevin McCarthy, of all people, called this nativist. Liz Cheney, once again, uh, called this out and said, like, we're not the party of hate, essentially. Amazing called- that the Satan's wife was like, this is too poor. <laughs> Our family was <laughs> rain death upon the Middle East thinks this is too far. Yes. D- daughter, daughter, I believe. But like, you know, same Z's. Um, Paul Gosar now is saying he's not a part of it. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, her office has said they're not going to launch this, you know, caucus yet. They're not going to launch it yet. But she vows to keep fighting for America first. In fact, the only person who's into it still is, no surprise, Matt Gates. So he has a tweet that says, I'm proud to join Marjorie Taylor Greene in the quote in the hashtag America first caucus. We will end wars, stop illegal immigration and promote trade that is fair to American workers. This is just a hit piece from the America last crowd in big media, big tech and big government. My God. It's it, it's too much. It, it's too much. I just want to like, imagine yeah. though that like before this though, we all got together, like the immigrants, like poor people, we all sat around. And we're like, okay, but we all agree that America last, right guys. Yeah. America last. That's what we all want. We want everyone to fail, including us, the citizens of America. That's yeah. Right. That's why we're, we're all getting the vaccine absolutely first, even though uh, we don't necessarily deserve it. And Biden's overseeing that. But yeah, no, he believes in America last. Um, I will just say that, like, it is important to read the other stuff of this caucus because they're going to launch it. It's going to happen. They haven't been shamed. It's important to read the other stuff that they. Uh, has not isn't overtly racist the stuff that's around like trade and the stuff that's around ending war and that's all the stuff that actually really did benefit trump in terms of him being against the iraq war supposedly being a supposed isolationist and also him being supposedly against free trade and for like better trade deals like it is very much a warning shot to the democrats if the fucking entire Republican administration wasn't already that they need when it comes to like real populism, like like actually addressing, um, you know, moving, keeping jobs in the United States, good paying jobs, raising the minimum wage when it comes to actually stopping forever wars, actually reining in the military industrial complex. Like it's the move is theirs. You know, the move is theirs to make. And if they don't fucking make it, someone like Trump, i.e. Marjorie Taylor Greene, as crazy as it sounds to admit it, they're going to come in and swoop in on that territory. Um, The problem is, is that these guys do it with the total xenophobia, just like, oh, yeah, anti-China, anti-immigrant rhetoric, that's it. But the like the complaint is one that's actually very real uh, on those two issues. So it's as crazy as it sounds, it's also fucking scary. it is scary. And it is also um, to me, like, uh, I will never be used as like the face of immigration. 
you know, my family immigrated here. Uh, I had to learn English. My mom had to learn English. We were on welfare. I will never be the face of welfare. And so when people talk about immigration and immigration rhetoric and use a lot of it, and like what I read in that memo and stuff too was, you know, uh, and what George Bush, we're going to get to that, but wants is like to draw the line between good immigrants and bad immigrants. Right. And um, it's, guess what? We're all the same people. <laughs> it's not good immigrants and bad immigrants. And we're not all uh, sorted by color. You know, we're not fucking Harry Potter like students. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's upsetting um, that I will never have to bear the brunt of what people think about immigrants, but immigrants yeah. that look quote unquote, like immigrants do, even though some of them are not, you know, um, and I would like to be more public and for people to be more public about um, when people talk about immigrants in the uh, very vague way to stand up and be like, actually, I'm one of the people you're talking about. Totally. And this, it, what you're saying and trying to target brown people as you're actually targeting me too. And you don't understand. And it's more convenient for you to other these other people, but we're all in it. Like we're not going to let you other them. So that's Absolutely. the thing that fucking drives me insane anyway. Absolutely. Let's do one more story before we bring in uh, Dr. Abdullah. Um, this was the week where America is finally getting back to normal, back to killing our own damn selves instead of letting a virus do the killing for us. Uh, because this week marked yet another mass shooting after that 2020 lapse. I guess we're making up for lost time. Uh, this time it was at a FedEx facility in Indianapolis where the shooter used to work, killing eight people and then killing himself. Uh, four of the victims were members of the Sikh community, which is devastating. Um, and I know what you're all thinking. We need gun control, of course, except Indianapolis police had already seized a shotgun from this killer a while back. And months later, he was still able to buy two semi-automatic rifles and he wasn't subject to the red flag law in Indiana, which supposedly pre prevents people who've been determined to be dangerous from owning weapons. Not only that, his mom was worried that he was dangerous. And last year, the FBI, the FBI interviewed him. And look, I'm no fan of the FBI. I'm not a fan of watch lists. But what is the fucking point of having it or having a watch list if you don't stop people on it from getting guns? Which, by the way, they're not prohibited from doing, even if this dude was on the watch list. Um, broader context, there have been 147 mass shootings in the United States since New Year's Day, according to data published by the Gun Violence Archive. And that is where four or more people are shot, not necessarily died, but are shot and in a public place. Um, many of these shooters, again, bought their guns legally or were able to skirt gun laws, um, like also the shooter in Colorado. I'm sure folks remember recently who bought a gun just like a week before he he killed a bunch of people. Um, look, here's what I'm going to say. There are many motivations, mental illness, desperation, but look, it's not always a right winger. It's not always a white guy, but it is always a guy. It's always a man. Mass gunman after mass gunman, which is why, Sophia, this is my proposal. We need a mass gun woman. That's it. 
preferably black, to just light up a pottery barn. We take will a have, Panera down. Just take down a Panera, a pottery barn. No one has to die, but just an entire wall of votives has to be destroyed. And we will have gun control faster than you can say all lives matter. Like it will be instant. If the avocado toppings from the salad hit the ground and the <laughs> tomato soups explode, you will have gun control <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Asiago cheese? No, it's over. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, yes, there will be little, just like dark money groups led by women in pearls giving, you know, just like trying to take down the NRA. Yeah, absolutely. In a Lynn heartbeat. Cardigan lobby. Stacked. I just think women out there, we need to lean in, you know, lean in to the mass murder. We love, everyone apparently loves mass murder. Everyone loves murder. Women are really into true crime. Let's fucking get it done. Let's get it. Cause literally nothing else will. That's it. I'm convinced that nothing else will. It's a um, podcast uh, of white women and we will get it done. Combine our two greatest strengths, podcasting and just being <laughs> white, you know? <laughs> um, so Biden's trying, right? Biden's reforming like ghost guns, which I guess is like some kind of gun. You buy off a ghost. I don't know how they would. Oh, you you like men? You like you put it together uh, in parts. Um, but of course, some of like the biggest things that he promised on the campaign trail, which was like banning the importation of assault weapons, embracing voluntary gun buyback programs, um, providing resources to better enforce the nation's gun laws um which clearly they're not being enforced if these folks are being tracked but like not able to or still able to buy a gun but a lot of that goes through congress right so apparently he can't just do it because the parliamentarian has to weigh in or you know fucking joe manchin has to hold it up in the senate um and once again we've been talking about this a lot on the show it all goes through the filibuster so um, Sophia, I just want to lighten this mood though, because there is someone who is helping this moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is someone who is out on the wait, forefront. Wait, 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 is it a celebrity? Damn it. Yes. Okay. That's how I knew it. There's the only ones that can help. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like Biden, like whatevs, Congress, whatevs, but Madonna. Yes. Here she is in an Instagram video she posted where she is proudly Wheat pasting the revolution. Take a look. Wake up, motherfuckers! All safety is an illusion. We heard of this new vaccination for America. It's going to keep us all alive. It's going to keep us all safe. It's called gun control, okay? It's called gun safety. All right. New vaccination. Cool. Cool. Oh. I don't know. I think she solved it. Do you, how do you feel? I feel really good about it. Yeah. No, I feel good. I, yeah, she's. I always knew someone with really bad lip injections was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> she really does look like she just put Madonna under the bad Botox filter and that's Madonna. And she, so she is wheat pasting for those listening. She's wheat pasting a bunch of posters, probably somewhere in West Hollywood that says like gun control now. And 
man, Madonna, like, you know, just talk about someone who consistently misses, you know, their like heart is sort of in the right place, but like, it's also, you know, there's nothing going on. Have you ever listened to a Madonna concert, like a live concert in between, you know, when like artists speak, you're always like, oh my God, what are they going to say? And she's always goes like, what's up, Berlin? I just want to say we got a peace. Everyone needs to remember that love is peace. <laughs> love you. And you know, like, and you're just like, oh my God, just sing, just sing, hey, Mr. DJ, please. It's so painful. She is her again. I'm not trying to knock it, but you could easily just pay artists to do what you want to do if you're trying to like become Pussy Riot, you know and or give your money to Black Lives Matter LA, which is right in her town, I believe. Um, There's and- a lot of things, a lot of problems that I have with the video that just happened. One of them is um, obviously the outfit, two is the inability <laughs> to speak because of you know uh, aforementioned uh, lip injections, three, the way she was wheat pasting. I don't even wanna get into, <laughs> into <laughs> the gloves and the whole thing and the, I can't. <sighs> um, but also the other thing is that she made a soundtrack for it. That is the part that I love the most. Can you play the clip again? <laughs> because this... Wake up, motherfuckers! Oh, safety is an illusion. Wake up! Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Our safety is an illusion, except I have an armed guard at my door. Um, There's also a part where she whispers, wake up, wake up. And I bet she was like, this shit is fucking deep. It's going to change the minds out there. Oh, Madonna. Well, we got to move on to bring in our guests because it has everything to do with, uh, well, I think like just the insufferable amount of, violence that I feel like Americans have been under in in the last well forever but like especially this last week has felt like everything is compounding and it once we're supposed to be like happy that we're getting vaccinated and then oh yeah all of the same fucking problems whether it's gun violence police violence um are still there and so this was a week where um Dante Wright uh in Minnesota was killed um by an officer who claimed that she was reaching for her giant yellow taser. Um, We had footage of Adam Toledo, 13 years old, who was murdered also in, in outside of Chicago, Um, 13 years old, murdered with his hands up uh, a 73 year old woman who, who was tackled outside of a Walmart in Colorado because she forgot to pay for something. She was tackled by police um, it's been a rough week and there's no better person that I want to speak to than our, my next guest. Um, she is a professor of Pan-African studies at Cal State LA, co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement, Los Angeles, co-director of Black Lives Matter grassroots and the creator, host and producer of the radio program, Move the Crowd and co-host and co-producer of Beautiful Struggle on KPFK radio. She's rec- a recognized expert on race, gender, class, and social movements. Please welcome Dr. Melina Abdullah. Hi, hey, Melina. Applause from someone. Thank you for that, Sophia. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you. And I, I realize I did not send you the questions in advance, and I usually do that with every guest, but I feel like you are someone who's <laughs> been over the territory we're going to go over many times. So I appreciate you rolling with this. But just, you know, again, some of the the names that I listed off, the, the ways that um, – just like in the murder of George Floyd, um, we understand that in this moment of sort of life and death under a pandemic, that there's suddenly still all of this machinery and money coming down on on Black Americans. Um, and and I guess I wanted to ask you whether you feel like the tide is actually turning toward real reform now. I mean, you got like Pat Robertson going like enough is enough. We got to stop. You know, this tele right wing televangelist. Do you feel like there, there's a there's a tide shift now? And how do if not, how do we make sure that there is? So I think that what the last year showed us after the uprisings in the wake of George Floyd's murder. Right. So George Floyd's murder resonated differently, I think, for many reasons. One, we couldn't look away. We were most of us under safer at home orders. And so the entire world had to kind of witness what black folks around the globe had really been experiencing all of our lives and for generations, right? And so we watched this officer steal George Floyd's life for what we now know to be nine minutes and 29 seconds. And we couldn't look away. And it was a reminder that when we say that policing hails from slave catching, it's a vestige of chattel slavery, it was almost impossible to deny that history. Over the last year, we made demands. We chanted defund the police, which Black Lives Matter has been chanting since our inception, but the rest of the world heard what we were saying. And we understood, you even used this term reform, that reform is not enough. Mm -hmm. that you cannot reform your way out of a fundamentally unjust system. You have to transform public safety and people were willing to go there, right? So people were willing to say, defund the police and reimagine public safety. Right. And I think, sorry, that's what I meant is, is I think that's the proper way to phrase it is, is the tide turning away from these sort of reforms and toward reimagining exactly that? I think it could have, and it still could, but what we've learned over the last year is the moment you turn your head, the powers that be double down on the existing system because the existing system benefits them. So in places like Los Angeles, where we have a so-called liberal mayor, he pledged in the midst of this uprising, $250 million to black community. You know how much black community got of that 250 million? Zero, right? So he quickly took back 100 million, said, oh no, not that. And then 150 million then was supposed to go to, I guess, broader communities. And we made a last ditch effort as there was only 88 million left in the pot to fund black communities through black organizations. We didn't get any of that money. We passed something in Los Angeles County called Measure J, yes. which is a defund the police measure. It's supposed to be $800 million for things like uh, mental health resources and reentry programs 
from the county. What we're seeing is the moment we want it and say, okay, now we get to keep fighting. The county is saying, no, you didn't win 800 million. We're gonna give you 100 million. And then you have to fight about where it goes. And so what we're learning is yes, the rhetoric that says Black Lives Matter, which is a transformative revolutionary concept. People, we've been able to push people over the last seven and a half, eight years into saying it, but not to making it. So, yeah. you know, Angela Davis talks about freedom being a constant struggle. We have to remember that we have to stay in constant struggle. So I think we still can, but it means that we have to double down on the fight. Absolutely. And and you and BLMLA and the people's budget, I think, have been my ray of sunshine and hope because of how much you've been on the forefront and really offering. I mean, the people's budget had been around before the phrase defund the police became so popularized. And you all were like, here's how you do it. You know, we have been politicizing the city budgets for a long time and with good reason. Um, Measure J was a huge success. The fact that that this is 10% for all those who don't know, just 10% of these unrestricted funds in LA County. And like Dr. Abdullah said, that could up to $800 million. But now you're saying that the implementation is being fought over tooth and nail. Absolutely. Implementation is being fought over. And this has everything to do with politics. It also has everything to do with recognizing that those on the opposite side never quit scheming. Right. Mm. So police associations, um, the L.A. Police Protective League, the Association of Los Angeles Deputy Sheriffs is absolutely an opponent that has very deep pockets a lot of political sway, and they are both bullying and bribing elected officials to do what it is they want them to do. We also won another victory, right? We were able to oust District Attorney Jackie Lacey by protesting her every single week for three and a half years. Yes. Well, now we get George Gascon in, who commits to enacting the people's progressive justice reforms, no more trying kids as adults, right? Mm -hmm. No more gang enhancements, which, you know, disproportionately impact black, brown, and poor people, right? No more death penalty where 100% of the people that LA County sent to death row are people of color, right? Lots of reforms that we've talked about, no more three strikes. What you see is the sheriff, the Sheriff's Association, the Police Protective League, all of these things that are tied to policing, trying to block the reforms that he's carrying on behalf of the people. So again, freedom is a constant struggle. Um, People's Budget LA, we're doing our second um, round this year. We're coming up on budget day. It's uh, 420 is budget day. I always thought it was another nice. day but maybe he was high when he came up with the budget, right? <laughs> um, but we're going to have to push back because right now LAPD gobbles up 54% uh, of the city's general fund. When you're spending on police, that's why you have 40,000 counted unhoused mm -hmm. people in the city of Los Angeles. 40,000 people living in tents, right? Because you're not paying for them, even though uh, it, this is a big scandal. But 
um, the federal government pledged 100% reimbursement to put unhoused people in the hotel rooms and they still won't do it, right? Yeah. Um, and so we got to think about what it means that we're spending billions of dollars on police when we're not housing our folks, we're not providing mental health resources, we're not making sure that businesses, 40% of black owned businesses have permanently shuttered in the midst of this pandemic. We're not doing anything to help them, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're gonna be pushing back again through peoplesbudgetla.com. We got a new survey coming out, um, well, that's out, that so far the preliminary results are consistent with last year. People wanna prioritize universal human need like housing and healthcare. Their second priority is a built environment like parks. Um, and at the very bottom of the list is police traffic enforcement and prosecution. Mm, mm. And, and okay, I'm gonna play the, the question that we all, you know, get. God, there's a lot of questions, but First of all, number one, congratulations on getting Jackie Lacey out. Like that was a huge win. And and I'm I really think it says something that Gascon's getting sued by prosecutors. Yeah, let get them mad. Make them mad, you know? That means you're doing the right thing. Um, but I guess I wanted to ask about like, let's say we, you know, I, we can't even think this far ahead, but your vision, your vision for what a force would look like that would be akin to police, right? Let's imagine we invest in healthcare, we invest in education, we invest in infrastructure, all the things, um, homelessness, et cetera, um, and parking. Like, like, are we imagining like a different enforcement of like, instead of like the sheriffs doing like uh, giving tickets and stuff and like highway patrol, like we have a different force? I'm just, I'm just like spitballing. like. What's the vision? What's like the ultimate vision of like, here's what we mean when we say defund, abolish. This is what we would prefer. Right. So when we talk about public safety, we have to remember that police don't stop crime. Right. You talked about mass shootings. You know, there's no cases of police, you know, stopping them in the in their tracks. Right. What happens is they respond after something terrible has already happened. Right. We need to invest in prevention and intervention. And there are tremendous examples, right? It requires an investment in community, community-driven solutions to public safety. So I remember, and I, I'm not so old that I'll belabor you with a long story, but I'll give you a short one. I remember when I was growing up in um, East Oakland, right? There were women, Miss Rose was one of them who sat on the porch all day and she would make sure that the kids, we walked to school in packs of kids, right? That we weren't doing anything crazy. If we were, she would snatch you up and then she would tell your mama, right? Miss Rose <laughs> was public safety, right? We can maintain that and we can resource that. We can find a million Miss Roses. Defund the police, fund Miss Rose. Fun Miss Rose, fun black community, fun resources. In Newark, New Jersey, they're doing that. So um, Mayor Raz Baraka is working with one of my best friends, Akila Sherrills, who's from Watts, right? And has done work in Watts. Unfortunately, he's not being funded or empowered the same way in LA that he's being funded in Newark. 
Um, but what he's doing is working with intervention workers to get them to be this force in community that makes sure it maintains peace. They're actually peace workers. Um, mm -hmm. They are real first responders and beyond responders. They are community builders. So they actually foresee tensions before they um, balloon into something that becomes out of control. They right. can negotiate in ways that, you know, when we think about most so-called crime or violence, it's stuff that you could get to the heart of. It's somebody, my neighbor parked in my driveway. I want my neighbor out of my driveway. My neighbor doesn't want to get out my driveway. And then mm -hmm. it kind of spirals. What if you had peacemakers who could come say, just move the car out the driveway, you know? I'll move the car out the driveway, right? Then you can start kind of um, building neighborhoods and communities that are grounded in peace um, for black and brown folks. You mentioned Adam um, Toledo, you mentioned Dante Wright. Here in Los Angeles, we have to mention Dijon Kazee and Fred Williams and uh, Waukesha Wilson and Riddell Jones. We have to mention that in 14 days, LAPD shot eight people in the month of March, right? We need to lift that up because we have to remember that as we're saying police respond to so-called crime and violence, they don't prevent it. We also have to lift up that they often bring violence, right? When you talk about black yes. folks, brown folks and poor folks, police are never a source of safety or peace. They see us with targets on our backs and they assail our communities and we have to do something else. Yes. I, I, I just wanted to mention in Sweden, actually, there's like, uh, they're not, they're like EMTs, but for mental health. So if someone's having a mental health crisis, you can call this like mental health brigade and they will help deescalate and they're like trained professionals. And, you know, you don't ever have to get the police involved. Um, one radical idea, Dr. Abdullah, I was thinking about, which I know I get a lot of pushback on. What about taking away police's guns? What about taking them away? They're killing people. Let them just stop the killing. They not, No training is going to help. And then and the answer is, oh, but what about, you know, and everyone else has got so I don't care. They should set the example, take away their guns. Yeah. How about that? Yep, yeah, that's a quick answer. Yeah, you can yes. start with that. But then also, we want to do more. We want to really remove them from communities. There are a couple of studies um, that tell us that the only two things that minimize violence at the hands of police are accountability, right? So prosecutions. And mm -hmm. I don't mean prosecution for third degree murder, whatever that is, right? I don't know how you get to deliberately put your knee on someone's neck for nine minutes, 29 seconds after people are even telling you he doesn't have a pulse. Right. And that's called third degree murder. What? Right. Um, so accountability means, you know, making sure that they face the same consequences or even harsher consequences when compared to everyone else. But the second thing is, um, creating distance, removing police from black communities actually keeps black communities safer. Mm. And so 
you know, if we can't do that, you know, disarming them is absolutely something that we're looking at. In LAUSD schools, they're kind of abiding by those principles. The young people from whom I draw tremendous inspiration were successful. They, they didn't stop fighting, right? So they saw the world crack open. They said, this is what we want. We want police completely defunded and we wanted th want them removed from campus. They got 35% of their budget cut and they got them completely removed from campus and wow. they got them disarmed. So police used to be allowed to pepper spray our kids in schools. They're no longer, I mean, it sounds like really common sense. Police aren't allowed, prison guards aren't allowed to pepper spray children in juvenile facilities, but they were allowed to pepper spray kids in schools, right? So we amazing were, the victories uh, that we're celebrating here. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we can do it. Um, our children, of course, are leading the way. We can do it. Sophia, do you want to jump in with any question or thought? Um, I was just going to say that there's, uh, that it just occurred to me that when I was a kid growing up in, in, in Odessa, Ukraine, um, you, there's not one, uh, 911 number. There's, you dial zero one, zero two, zero three, different things. So one is for medical assistance. Mm -hmm. One is for fire department and one is for cops. So you can also imagine how that drastically reduces the number of people calling the cops. I so, mean, the fire department is like, I think it one of the most moving moments from the Derek Chauvin trial is the way that the firefighter, this woman who was just like, I felt terrible because I, I was trying to get in to, to help him and resuscitate him and I was being prevented from doing so and you just like firefighters definitely I know they're not perfect but they come out very much on top like if I ever had an emergency I'm gonna call a big old fire truck before the yeah, and it seems common sense to say this but firemen and fire people I guess I don't know what's do we have a nomenclature fire people yeah. I guess fire people <laughs> yes thank you uh firefighters is right yeah firefighters focus on saving lives that's right. not the focus of police there's so, a reason that there's no song that says f the firefighters right <laughs> right <laughs> That tells you something. If We're no one there is, it's about actually fucking a firefighter and it's inspirational. <laughs> it's what we've all wanted to do at one point. Uh, I remember I was locked out of a, an apartment and firefighters came and I was like, my God, they don't lie. Oh, yeah, it's, it was upsetting. My grandpa had a heart event and they were there and I was like, oh my God, I should have put my makeup on. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, I guess there's nowhere to sit, but you could sit right on this face. I'm so sorry, doctor. You did not sign up for this. <laughs> I would go all the way with you, but it's Ramadan. So I have you know, be a little more strict. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I wanted to just give you, I know you have to hop off, but is there anything you wanted to add, um, Dr. Abdullah, something we hadn't touched on? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're touching on it, that when you fight, when we fight, we win. When we fight, we win. We can't stop fighting, right? We have to continue to fight. All of these things that you're lifting up are things that are moving. We have efforts in Los Angeles. There's a motion that passed that removes police from nonviolent um, emergency calls, right? In the name of people like Rashari Mack, who was having a mental health crisis inside Crenshaw Mall 
and LAPD came in with quote unquote, every gun blazing and stole this father of two's life, right? Um, we have a motion that's moving um, that removes police from traffic stops. Think about Dante Wright. Think about here in Los Angeles, a Latino brother named Daniel Hernandez, who was murdered by the daughter of the head of the LA Police Protective League. Um, she came to a traffic, it was a traffic collision and she stole Daniel Hernandez's life. Why did we need LAPD responding to a traffic collision? Right. You know, you have an entire Department of Transportation. Why is Department of Transportation not dealing with transportation? And so there's a motion to remove police from traffic stops and traffic incidents. So it's important that wherever we can, we think about how to pull back dollars from police, because there's also another benefit when we do that, we have dollars to spend on the things that are, you know, vitally important to our communities. For sure. And I feel like the sun is going down and it is about time to break fast. If, are you fasting, Dr. Abdullah? <laughs> which is why my throat sounds so dry, but I have another hour and a half to go. So no, <laughs> damn it. Um, well, it's been um, such a pleasure to have you. I've wanted to have you on the show since pretty much a year ago, but thank you for really laying the groundwork for showing us it is possible um, for sort of making the, the idea of defunding the police so concrete and so achievable um, and, and for all of your inspiring work. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking with both of you. It was yeah. such an honor for me. Sorry. <laughs> Great. Right. See y'all in the streets. Y'all need to come out. You know, we protest the police every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, come out. We might. Now that I'm fully vaxxed, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I was at a couple Jackie Lacey ones, but now I got to go out again. Yep. Yep. All right. Thank All right. you, Dr. Thank Abdullah. You. Be very well. All right. And Sophia, will you stick around? Yeah, of course. Hell yeah. Um, we've got one more story about. Mr. George W. Bush, you guys remember him, the lovable, huggable um, war criminal. This was the week where former President George W. Bush tried to resuscitate his image once again with a new book, one that is very on brand for him because it is just pictures. Uh, in fact, it is a collection of his paintings, a stark reminder for all Americans of what happens when you don't nurture your child's artistic side. War crimes. <laughs> Just war crimes. Um, Bush is doing his PR push a little differently, though. Um, take a look at this. He has a new op-ed in the Washington Post. Um, he says, immigration is a defining asset of the United States. Here's how to restore confidence in our system. And then some photos, some paintings that he painted. I think that's, I feel like that's Madeleine Albright. Um, it is. It is. He's not bad. I guess the thing that makes me the maddest is he's not bad. <laughs> like, you don't deserve to ruin that many people's lives and kill that many people and torture that many people and then still be kind of good at painting. That's fucked up. Right. You can't be good at murder and painting. Like, Hitler know? failed at painting, then killed a bunch of people. <laughs> I'm more comfortable with that. <laughs> more comfortable with no murders whatsoever. But if I had to choose, I prefer you fail at art first. Pick a lane. Exactly. Um, I, I So in this op-ed, because I guess 
he can't just lead with I'm painting now up ed painting good painting fun <laughs> like he's got to like say something else so what he's saying is that new Americans quote unquote and refugees are good they enrich the country he comes out in favor of DACA against border militarization for speeding up the asylum process for a pathway to citizenship and yet at no point in the op-ed does he ever say the seven words I want to hear which are I'm sorry take me to the Hague <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's all buddy like this is a man whose policies led to the Department of Homeland Security like the actual creation of that department leading to ICE, to border militarization, surveilling and demonizing Muslim immigrants, denying asylum and visas. Like we can all evolve. I get that. But like Bush in the intro to the book, he should have taken all of that back and then been like all of the proceeds go to unraveling all of the bullshit that I've done. Yes. Yes, I am a murderer. That's yeah. the only intro I would have accepted. Signed murderer. Um, yeah, no, Bush getting woke on immigration, it feels like Barbie getting woke on sexism. You know, like, like bitch, you did this. You know? <laughs> you yeah, that's like, now she has a job. I'm like, shut up. You know how many bulimias you've made? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, okay, part of the PR tour with uh, G.W. Bush is, or W, what are we calling him? Um, he did this interview with Nora O'Donnell on CBS, whose Twitter bio does say wife, mother, et cetera, et cetera, which is the reason I was bitching about it. Um, we need to watch this interview that he did. I, I'm going to, let's play it right now. You ran as a compassionate conservative. I did. <laughs> Do you believe there are compassionate conservatives today? Absolutely, I'm one. And I think there are a lot. Uh, the problem is uh, with an angry society, uh, it, it, it's hard to punch through with compassion. Mm -hmm. Is it an angry society or is it a certain leaders and people who've stoked that anger and fear? I think there's a, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm a big leadership guy, and, and so therefore I, I think maybe, maybe the latter part of your question is true, that people stoke anger in order to advance their apolitical agenda. Uh, I do believe there is a more, uh, well, my dad spoke kinder and gentler, uh, and he truly believed it, and I believed in uh, unifier, not divider, and, and, and they just can't be empty slogans. You have to believe it in order to be credible. Still dumb after all these years. <laughs> like I'm he, a big leadership guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a unifier, not divider. I believe in a unifier, not divider. I'm also the guy that said you're either with us or against us. Um, I believe in kinder and a gentler. Yeah. <laughs> what I will not say. He cannot give. He feels a little bit like the worst parts of Trump and the worst parts of Biden, like together, like it's it's senile and stupid, but he doesn't really stand for anything. I I just want to say, though, initially there was we we slowed him down and like zoomed in on his face because he starts off laughing to an as an answer to her question, which is. You ran as a co compassionate conservative is the question that Nora asked. Like, didn't you run on being a compassionate conservative? And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yes, I did. Like, like he's laughing. The laugh of a con man is what that exactly. was. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I did lie to you about that one. Oh, you got me. You got me. Isn't that I funny? I did to sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. Okay. That was me. That was me. Totally. He, he knows he's full of shit. Like, that's the laugh of someone who's clearly been caught in a lie. And it was like, God damn, I am not compassionate at all. I punched a 12-year-old yesterday for no reason. <laughs> Just like, oh, man. Look, um, he w- also, uh, the whole thing about dividing against, like we were talking about earlier, dividing immigrants into like the good kind and the bad kind. They were babies. They didn't know. They can't be held responsible for their evil parents who just wanted a better life for their children. You're right. They are the ones that should be punished. <laughs> he's he's really trying to thread the needle once again and be sort of the, like the Liz Cheney's, you know, and the Mitt Romney and like trying to appeal to Republicans I mean, and and I guess he's appealing to conservatives that get the Washington Post, you know, and read it cover to cover and like then read the Wall Street Journal and then like, you know, sail on their boat or whatever. Like I get he it is such a small minority of people and who like end it and it's empty. It's totally empty coming from this man. Um, But I guess you have to have some sort of gimmick if you want people to buy your coffee table paintings. I guess. Uh, Yeah. It's also like, I mean, a lot of people I think who are younger don't remember how terrible Bush was. And if like, you know, like I protested pretty hard, you know, the inauguration, all of the shit that followed. Like, I think, I mean, I wasn't a citizen yet uh, at that point. I was a, I was a resident alien. And when Hell I yeah. got arrested at a protest, they like I I they baton the cops batoned my backpack with all my uh ide- like all of my uh identifying information on me, like my ID, my legal resident alien card, all of that stuff. And I had to reapply and um when they batoned it, like they ruined it or they took they confiscated it. Oh yeah, they batoned it off of me, took it, and then when I yeah, I was in jail. I was illegally arrested at a prost- protest, I was in jail, and then afterwards I was part of a class action lawsuit against the Metropolitan Police Department of DC, um, because um I was one of the legally arrested people. And there was a real chance that because they tried to charge me with a felony for riding inside my jail cell, quote unquote, that I was going to get deported and like to a country that I have no one anymore. Like my family was here. So um, I very much remember him as a very terrible, evil man. And I don't have these like vibes where people are like, oh, George W. Bush looks good now compared to Trump. I'm like, no, no, not a lot of people have that illusion who lived through that presidency. And nope. um, I and yeah, and I really resent him trying to draw the line in the sand about between the good and the bad immigrants now. And it's like, no, um, none of the people that are legal immigrants um, also want people who are legal to suffer or be killed. It's that old like chestnut of like just because something bad happened to me or it was really hard for me does not mean that I want that for you. Sure. Because I'm not a monster. So, yeah, anyway, it's 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 amazing, though, that we are pining away for it shows you just how far the Republican Party has gone, that some people are pining away for the George W. Bushes, even though he is obviously did not make good on 
any of the things he just laid out in that op. His dad might have been better. His dad was actually a little bit better on immigration and asylum than George W. Bush was. Um, but like, again, it just shows you how far we've slipped and fallen. And I, I too was also arrested during like protesting Bush in the Iraq war. And they, they made us watch Cheney's speech at the RNC in 2004 and from our jail cell. And we were like, it's the only thing on. And so we watched it. <laughs> Dude, I got sworn in under George W. Bush as Ooh. a citizen to this country. And they played the video with like, we, fields and this like American flag and George W's like voice. And they like give out, gave out the little like American flags at Staples center. They're like, do you want one? So you can wave it when we say you're a citizen. I was like, did you wave it? I'm good. I was like, mm, mm, keep it. You were like, I've got an American flag thong on right now. So it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I was like, actually, I'm wearing a matching bikini and a thong. If you want me to strip down, I'm willing to. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it painted on my cheeks. My God, that is a f- that's a very hard moment. And you're just like, grin and bear it, grin and bear it. Citizenship on the other side. Let's do this. Um, and I was really happy to become a citizen. So the whole thing was just kind of a wild dichotomy of like. Of course. Oh, absolutely. Um, meanwhile, uh, I'm like, how's Ukraine right now? Because fucking might go there. Sophia, we have one last segment. Final, final, final fun segment for you, for everyone out there. God damn it. I don't know what my thing will be. But um, we're going to do a game. It's not really a game. It's just asking after this heinous week and every week is sort of heinous and it, it sucks and it it's hard and... Uh, Hey, call people, talk to the people you love, uh, reach out if you need help. But because of that, we're going to remember and ask, what is good? What's good in general in life? (laughs) Sophia, what's good? What's good is I found out that my dog Munch, who is adorable, he is a black labradoodle. So you can picture that. He looks a lot like me. He's just very girly. Yes, his name is Munch. So I found out that he gets crazy when I sing the uh, I got my baby back, baby back rib song and insert his (laughs) name into it. So when I am like, I got my munchie back, munchie back, munchie back. (laughs) I got my munchie back, munchie back, munchie back. Chili's munchie back ribs. I got my munchie back, munchie back, munchie back. Chili's munchie back ribs. Munchie back sauce, munchie blue <laughs> Munchie blue sauce. I was like, what's it going to be? I think it should just still be barbecue sauce. No, it's, dog it's, love it's that. munchie Q sauce. That's what it is, <laughs> munchie Q. Anyway, and, and is, when I do it, do? he barks, he jumps around, he like jumps on me. I don't know what he thinks is happening, but it's different. When I sing other songs, zero reaction. This song gets him crazy. I don't know. Try <laughs> it. Maybe that will work for your dog. I still, my dog is a cat, and I still haven't found uh, the song that she enjoys. Even though I sing literally every single song possible to her. Keep trying. Um, one will hit one day. My my sing to her in the morning because she always wants to go out. I go. Daylight come and Chitty Wong go outside side. That's her name is Chitty. And so I I say <laughs> daylight come and Chitty want to go outside side because I'm an idiot. Um, what, OK, so I saw my friend's baby today or the other day. And this is what was good is that just the rolls on her body 
were so chunky. Oh, just, did you try to eat them up? I, 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 I felt like the, <laughs> I felt like that was too much because you know COVID or whatever. So it was like trying to eat people's baby because like pre-COVID you could eat people's babies. Um, that's right, Francesca Fiorentini, baby eater. Um, but now I'm like you have to keep your distance. But man, I, you could feel like the rolls of the back fat and then the chunky thighs. Mm. And now that, that just made me so happy. My God. Uh, baby flesh. I love y'all. a big, big, sexy chunk. Love a big, sexy chunk, man. If I ever have a kid and it's not chonky, I'm going to send it back. Just you put know it what? right you back up where it came. I know. For a, for a while, you can insist <laughs> that it is chonky. I'm going to start. I'm just going to be pureeing like, you know, a, a number three at in and out and just like bottle bottle feed it you know animal style f- fries and uh, babies sure love a large sandwich just <laughs> consider it <laughs> and by that i don't mean lard is in the middle i mean the slices of bread are slices of lard okay that's what i mean <laughs> sophia alexander thank you so much for being here for rolling with everything uh let people know where can we find you and follow you uh, you can find me at the Sophia. Uh, you can see it on there, S O F I Y A, on Twitter and Instagram. And I have two podcasts: 420 Day Fiance about 90 Day Fiance, and yes. Private Parts uh, Unknown about love and sex around the world. Okay. Oh my God, I have to, I need to listen to both of those. Um, and thank you to everyone who works on this show, y'all. Once again, Becca Roofer, Kelly Carey, Ellie Hoffman, Dorsey Shaw. We stream every Sunday. 580 Stern on YouTube and Twitch. And remember, guys, fuck the patriarchy, fight the power, and don't just bitch about it. Be about it. See you next week. Bye.